Ecclesiastes chapter number two in verse number one. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. I have preached this sermon before and I, we have a, a, uh, uh, senior recognition today where I'm going to be addressing seniors that are graduating high school. They're fixing to go out into the real world. And this is something I want to share with them. I, I think I, I, should, I should preach this every year. Every single year at the beginning of the year, I should preach this. Uh, there is something that, that, that we are all in search of, the pursuit of happiness, right? A fulfilled, satisfied life. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1, I said in mine heart, this is Solomon, wisest man ever to live. He said, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this is also vanity. The word vanity, you'll hear that a lot in Ecclesiastes, it means empty. It means empty. It left me empty. I said of laughter, it is mad of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom, to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven." Under the heaven. That's a phrase you'll hear a lot in Ecclesiastes. All the days of my life. Look what he did. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. And I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water. To water wherewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens. And had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle. Above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I got me singers and women singers. This is talking about entertainment. And the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked, I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity. All was empty and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. And I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. What? Can the man do that cometh after the king, even that which hath already been done? What, what does he say? Nobody will be able to do what I just did. What more can he do? It's already been done, and all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the great crowd this morning. I thank you for all of those who have been baptized, all those who are following you. In believers' baptism and, and beginning their journey in their walk of faith, please protect them. Please provide for them. Please just put a hedge about them. Lord, I know Satan would want nothing more than to distract and discourage, and I pray that you'll just, just touch and honor them. Lord, help us to receive this message today. If we could get this, it could change our lives. And God will praise you and thank you and give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. Amen. Here's, here's what I want to share with you today. Here's, here's the, 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 uh, uh, the cliff notes version of what I just read you. 
Here we find the man that God gave supernatural wisdom to. And I'm not going to go into all that because I don't have time, but just trust me when I tell you this. There was nobody that was ever born before or was ever born after that had the wisdom and the knowledge and the smarts that King Solomon had. It was supernatural. Say that with me. It was. It came specifically from God. He was the smartest man ever to live. If you will, if you will stack up his wealth, he was the wealthiest man ever to live. If you will stack up his power, he was the most powerful man that was ever, ever to have lived on this planet. The smartest, the wealthiest, the most powerful. If you will, if you will look at Ecclesiastes, he said, whatever my eye saw, I did not withhold anything. To make, it, to make it real simple, if there was to buy it, I bought it. If there was to do it, I did it. If there was to see it, I saw it. Now, Ecclesiastes is his time of rebellion. You see, he was a man who followed God and was righteous and holy and God put favor upon him and God blessed him. But there was a time in his life when he walked away from God. There was a time in his life when he was, we use the term today, backslidden, backslidden. He was not following God like he should have. He was not listening to God like he should have. He was not obeying God like he should have. And he decided, I don't need God. I don't need God. And he said, I'm going to find fulfillment. I'm going to find happiness. I'm going to find joy here on this earth. You, you, you remember that phrase I said that you're going to see a lot under the heaven or under the sun? That means down here. That means I don't need God to be happy. I don't need God for joy. I don't need God for fulfillment. I'll find it down here. I'll buy something that'll make me happy. I'll see entertainment that will bring me joy. I'll find what I need down here. Does everybody follow me right there? Now watch this. Watch this, them seniors that I'm going to address in the next service. Do you realize they're fixing to walk out into a world that's going to try to convince them that they have what they need to be happy? They're going to go out into a world that is marketing happiness, marketing joy. They want to sell you. You need this car so you will be happy. You need this house so you'll be happy. You need this dress so you'll be happy. You need this boat so you'll be happy. You need, hey, hey, and the devil will say, you need this woman or this man so you'll be happy. And it starts at a very young age. This world, this culture, this culture is trying to sell happiness at a very young age. You don't believe me? Go to McDonald's and order a kid's meal. It's called a... Mm-hmm. Do you think that's an accident? They want them little ankle bites to think, if I don't have a happy meal, I am not fulfilled in life. Do you realize, do you realize you could buy a cheeseburger and fries and go to Walmart and buy the toy cheaper than you can get it, but it's not a. And that never changes. The only thing that changes is the price of your happy meal. And all the ladies said, the only difference between men and boys is the price of their. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting a lot out of this service. Joy, joy. 
The pursuit of happiness. But see, the problem with this deal is, is the devil's going to try to convince you that you can find it down here. And so God allowed, I always wondered about this. Why would he let, why would he let Solomon get backslidden that way? Why would he allow him to stray that far and then, and then keep his wisdom? Brother John, he allowed him to keep that supernatural wisdom through this whole process. But God did it on purpose. I truly believe this, that God allowed one man in the, in the history of humanity, in the history of mankind, to, to have every single thing this world has to offer on purpose. And do you know what? Solomon experienced it all. Wine, women, and song. He had everything there. He could buy anything he wanted to buy. He had a thousand women. I'm questioning the wisdom. The devil's going to say, oh, you don't, you don't, listen, if your wife's not making you happy, you can have this one. Or if your husband's not making you happy, oh, this one will bring you happiness. And it's a lie. Solomon had it all. And this is where he found himself. This is what having it all led to. This is what experiencing everything this world has to offer will bring you to. Vanity, emptiness, unfulfillment, no joy, no peace, no happiness. Empty. I bought what I wanted to buy, but I feel empty. I saw what I wanted to see, but I'm still empty. I experienced everything there was to experience, and yet I feel unfulfilled. Are y'all following me? Isn't it amazing, the 60s? The 60s was a time of, you know, uh, free love, free sex, free drugs, free everything. Let's just live free. Let's, no, let's take away all the inhibitions. Let's take all away. All, let's just do whatever we want to do. Let's just live however we want to live. If you're not with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. That's supposed to make you happy. But you know what the number one song was in the 60s? The Rolling Stones. I can't get no. Now, how do y'all know that? Y'all ain't supposed to know that. Hell yeah. Miss Diane done learned from a preacher. I heard it at the Waffle House. Somebody played it on the jukebox. I don't know. Right? You know what? He wrote that song and he said, this represents my life. Mick Jagger had it any, any woman he wanted. Ugly as he is. The dude is a walking armpit, y'all. Come on. I'm, I have to preach the truth where I'm standing, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. Amen. Drugs, money, wealth. You could probably say he could have anything he wanted. But yet he wrote a song. He wrote a song that topped the charts. You know why it topped the charts? Because everybody could relate to it. I'm just not satisfied. I got my drugs, but it didn't fulfill me. The women, the entertainment, the possessions, the the cars, the houses, the vacations, the parties. But I still feel empty. Empty. We see... Solomon figured something out. Look in verse number 24. 
Look in verse number 24. The Bible says there is nothing, nothing. Say it with me. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul. What's that word? Enjoy the good in his labor. Watch this now. He is saying right here, there is nothing better than to be able to work hard and enjoy what you work for. In other words, enjoy what you have. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. He had it all, but he didn't have the ability to enjoy it. Do you realize that you can, you can buy a mattress, but you can't buy sleep? You, you can buy food, but you can't buy an appetite. You can buy a house, but not a home. You can buy relationships, but not love. You, 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 oh, you can't buy relate. Oh, yes, you can. Rich man's got a bunch of friends. Till he runs out of. But you, but you see that the ability to enjoy it. The ability to be fulfilled by it. Now watch what he learned. Watch what Solomon learned. He says this. This also I saw. First he says, I saw this. I learned this. In my, and by the way, just, just for Bible study purposes, the whole book of Ecclesiastes, if you read it from the front to the back, is Solomon's search for fulfillment and joy in a backslidden state. In other words, he tried to find fulfillment and joy down here with what this world has to offer. The whole book is about that. And now he's saying right here, he's saying, I learned that the best thing a man could have, the best thing that he could ever experience is to be able to enjoy the work of his hands. This also I saw. In other words, this is something else that I learned. If if you're tracking with me, say amen. Watch this. This also I saw that it, that it, what's the it? The ability to enjoy what you have. Y'all with me? The ability to enjoy what you have. Watch this. And this is, this is in our DNA, guys. This is in our DNA. You can put, you can put uh, some toddlers in a room. And you can put, put a, a, a 10,000 toys right here. And, and you can put one toy right over there. And the toddler with the 10,000 is not happy because he wants the, that the other one has. Do I have a witness? Has anybody got kids in here? Do I, do I have any mamas that can shout right there? Is that not true? Because the ability to enjoy it doesn't come from the possession. The ability to enjoy what you have, watch this now, watch what he learned, that it, the ability to enjoy what you have, was from the the hand of God. Wow. I got money to buy food, but your appetite comes from God. I have money to buy a house, but the ability to enjoy it comes from I, I, I can, I can, y'all with me? Now watch. For who can eat or who else can hasten here and do more than I? This is Solomon. For Everybody, for God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge. Watch this now. 
and but to the sinner he giveth travail. Now, here's what I want to do. In the time I have left, I don't think there's any question. I don't think there's any question that Solomon is right. He said that the eyes are never full. The eyes are never full. In other words, you can just keep on, keep on. One of the richest men in the world was asked a question, how much money is enough? And you know what his response was? Just a little He'd never be able to spend what he had. But he wasn't satisfied. He wanted just a little. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Does anybody like food in here? <clears throat> I always get in trouble when I go out to eat. I always get in trouble when I go out to eat. Because I'm always afraid that what I order is not going to satisfy me. And I usually order too much. Because I'm like, you know, here we go. I remember one time, I remember one time I went to a German restaurant, a German restaurant with a buddy of mine and I was limited in funds. This was when I was in Bible college and I didn't, I wasn't a wealthy guy. My father didn't have no money. I had to work all day and go to school at night. I had to go to night school because I couldn't afford day school. So, so I had a limited amount of funds because I was married and in Bible college now. And, and I knew what I had in my pocket and I knew what I didn't have after. And I'm thinking I, I never had German food before. And that particular, and he said, he said, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. So we go in there and, and I will say the food was great, but the portions were small. <laughs> and man, I ate all that up. I did everything but lick the porcelain off the plate. <laughs> and now I'm broke and still I was so mad. I'm going to tell you, I don't know that I was ever as mad. I mean, it was just, there is, I, I, I can't even think of a worse feeling in the world when you are still hungry and you're broke and you can't do nothing about it. Now, some of y'all are laughing to me. <laughs> you're in a marriage and you're miserable. You're in a job that you just hate. You have a life that you've done everything you could do and you still feel like I did when I walked out of that German restaurant. There's no worse feeling than being unfulfilled. Now, let me, let me help you with this. This is what we got to learn today. This is what we got to learn today. Brother John, having a different woman than the one you got is not the answer. I tell you what, I'm going to just get me another one. That's smart. Now you're going to pay for two of them. (laughs) Zig Ziglar said marriage is grand, but divorce is a hundred (laughs) grand. But you know what? We laugh because we got to laugh to keep from crying because the devil will try to convince you that that's the answer. Well, I tell you what my husband is, is my husband is that. I'm going to just get me. No, no, that, that one's as sorry as the one you got. We're, we're, listen, this is, this is not the answer. This is not the answer. Getting a bigger house is not the answer. Getting a new car is not the answer. Having more possessions is not the answer. Oh, if I could just have a little bit more money, then you would spend it too. You see, fulfillment doesn't come from stuff. It doesn't come from what this world has to offer. You have to understand that it only comes from And I'm going to teach you today. I'm going to teach you today 
how you can be fulfilled and happy and have joy. I mean, delirious happiness with what you have right now. There are billionaires, billionaires committing suicide because they're not happy. And yet there's people that's living in a grass hut on dirt floors that's happy as a fat baby in a phone booth with a pocket full of quarters. Now, if you don't know that's happy, that's happy. Joy. Don't have nothing, but they're happy. Can't, 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 listen, not even sure where their next meal. You need to go on some mission trips with us and you'll see this. Not even sure where their next meal is going to come from, but boy, they're happy. Well, I don't believe that. Well, then go. Load up, sign up, let's go. Because see, it don't come from stuff. It doesn't come from what this world has to offer. Solomon, the wisest man ever to live, figured it out. Joy, fulfillment, happiness only comes from the hand of God. Well, preacher, I need some of that. Don't we all? We all do. We're all in the same boat. Guess what? No matter who you are in here, from that side to that side to up on the shelf. Listen, guess what? We're all in the pursuit of happiness. Let me tell you how to find it. First off, write this down. I got to go fast. Number one, what do we do? What's the first step to happiness, joy, peace? It's salvation. You got to be saved. You got to have a relationship with the God who offers that happiness. You say, why is that the first step? Because before you're saved, you're an enemy to God. You're at war with God. You're an enemy to God. This world wants to convince you that God has the same relationship with everybody. That's not true. Some are on his side and some are on the other side. And until you get saved, you're on the other side. He's at enmity with you. He is at war with you. But the Bible says that we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We come into a relationship with him and we have a peace treaty with him. And now we're on the same side. Now he can bless us. Now he can provide for us. Now he can favor us. Somebody say amen. amen. The woman at the well, what a great illustration. What a great illustration. This woman at the well, most of y'all know it in John. In the book of John, Jesus sends, Jesus sends his disciples into the city of Sychar, a Samaritan city. And this woman, this woman comes to the well and Jesus strikes up a conversation with her. It's in the dead heat of the day. And there's a lot to that. There's a lot to say about that. She, she, she was a woman of reputation. She was a woman and not good either. And she was a woman who, who wanted to come where nobody else was. They probably talked about her. They probably judged her. They probably ridiculed her. When, it, when she got to Jesus, Jesus struck up a conversation in her. And to make a long story short, he offered her salvation. He said, he said, listen, I want you, I want, he, he offered, said, Hey, I'll give you water that you don't ever thirst again. Talking about the Holy spirit. And she said, I want that water. I want that satisfaction. That's what he meant by that fulfillment, satisfaction. He, she, she said, I want that. I want that. Then he confronted her sin. He said, okay, go home and call thy husband. She went, Ooh, she said, uh, I ain't got no husband. He said, I know. He said, you've had five and you're shacking up with the one you got. 
You know what? She's tried to find fulfillment in relationships. Over and over and over again, it has let her down. It has disappointed her. It is, listen, it has not brought her satisfaction. And she's tried and she's tried and she's tried and she's tried. But over and over again, it left her feeling empty. And by the time she gets through with Jesus and Jesus gets through with her, listen, she believes. And by the way, she carried a burden with her. She carried that pot that represented her burden, her search for fulfillment. She would come to this well every single day and try to satisfy her thirst and quench that thirst. And that burden, that pot represented what she carried. And you know what the Bible says? When she left Jesus, she left the pot at the well. She didn't need the pot when she had the well. Say amen. Jesus satisfied her longing soul. Jesus fulfilled what she had been searching for and what she had been looking for in all the wrong places. And she went back to the city and said, let me tell you about a man that's done something for me. This is him. What what did he do? He finally fulfilled what she had been looking for. Preacher, what are you saying? Quit looking for it in other women. Quit looking for it in other men. Quit looking for it in possessions. Quit looking for it in money. If I could just have this or I could have that. No, 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 no. You need to get on your knees and say, oh God, forgive me of my sin. I come to you and I want you to save me. I want to be on the right side of this thing. Joy starts with salvation. Fulfillment starts with salvation. Peace starts with salvation. Isaiah 12 verse 2 says this. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore with, everybody say it. Therefore with, shall you draw waters out of the wells of? I'm going to tell you this. We used to sing a song when I was a kid. I say I was a kid. I was in Bible college. I still was a kid. I can say that now. Learned it when, when we was at Victory. And the song said, I just started living. Well, I just started living. I found me a brand new life. It changed my direction. Washed away all my strife. I'm a newborn believer. Where, where's Jalen at? Y'all didn't know I was auditioning this morning too, didn't you? You want to experience joy? It starts with salvation. Number two, this is huge. This is huge. You know what I've seen over the years? You know what I've seen over the years? And I'm I'm telling you, I've been in church my whole life. Most of y'all know my father's a pastor. Nine months before I arrived, I was in church. And I've been there ever since. And it really blows my mind the amount of saved people who are not fulfilled. Well, preacher, you said if I'd get saved, I ain't finished yet. That's point one. Salvation is a good start. But here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. It takes surrender. Write that word down. Paul knew about this. Paul knew about this. That's why he wrote. That's why he wrote. 
I believe it's Romans chapter 12. I'm pretty sure that's where it's at. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living what? Sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right? He says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect what? Will of God. I'm going to tell you this, guys, and I've said this over and over and over. Y'all have heard me say it over and over and over, but it don't matter. You need to hear it again. I don't care if you are saved and you've been in church most of your life. If you're not fully, completely surrendered to God, you are missing out on tons and tons of fulfillment and joy from the Lord. Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, uh, Dr. Bob Green sat right over there on that front pew. The tall preacher, most of y'all, some of y'all maybe not, maybe not hadn't seen him, but he was here Easter, Easter morning in the, I think it's second service. That was the preacher that was preaching the morning, the morning of my dad's camp meeting. And he pointed out there in the pew. I was sitting out there in the pew and I was just a kid. I was just glad I wasn't in school. Dad let us stay out of school so we could go to camp meeting. And I was fine with that. I wasn't seeking God. I wasn't seeking spirituality. I just didn't want to go to biology. I need a witness. So I'm sitting out there in that service, minding my own business and preacher, uh, brother Bob Green was preaching about missions and about serving God and about, uh, obeying the Lord and selling out and surrendering to him. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this six, five preacher stood up and pointed just like that. And it looked like his finger came to the end of my nose. And he said, I want that boy to be a missionary. And I'm looking around like what boy? Not me. Man, I done seen missionaries come off the field. Man, I seen that they had to eat crickets and roaches and snakes and stuff. I don't want to be no missionary. And for in that moment, the greatest fear came over my life. I thought, dear God, don't point that thing somewhere else. I don't want to be a missionary. And boy, as time went by, God began to call me and God began to lead me. And he wanted me to surrender to preach. Man, I was scared to death. I said, oh, dear God, I don't, want to go to, I don't want to go to Zimbabwe. Lord Jesus, don't make me go to Zimbabwe. I'm just thinking, okay, Lord, I'll preach. But I ain't going to Zambia. I'll preach, but I'm not going to be a missionary. And you know what? I, as I was, my life was going on, I got to make this real short. But I'm going to tell you, from the point, the point of that day, which was about 14 years old, 13 to 14 years old. I surrendered to preach a 17 year old, hoping that would go away. Hoping that conviction would go away. That drawing would go away all the way up into the point that I, I went to my dad and said, well, if I go be his assistant, then God will leave me alone. No, I left dad's and went to Long Branch Baptist church, Long Branch Baptist church, Barnwell, South Carolina was there three years. That's where Matt Dillon goes to church. Say amen right there. Matt Dillon, Long Branch, y'all don't get it. Come on, people, what's wrong with you? Guess what? I still wasn't fulfilled. I still wasn't happy. I was saved. I was born again. I was preaching. People were getting saved. I was serving God, but it felt like something was missing. I knew what it was. God says, I want it all. To make a long story short, I had to get to the point, Brother Mickle, I had to say, that's it. 
Whatever you want out of my life, God, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of feeling unfulfilled. I'm tired of feeling unsatisfied. I'm tired of feeling like there's something missing. Oh, God, I don't care if it's Zimbabwe. I don't care if it's Zambia. I don't care if it's Russia. Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And in that moment, I'm telling you, it wasn't two weeks. Jeff Robertson called from Coleman, Alabama. And said, we want you to come candidate. I said, no. I can't come. I got to be a missionary. <laughs> I'm going to go to language school. Learn Spanish and come start Spanish churches in the United States. He said, well, let's just come fill in. Well, I come and filled in and I've been here for 23 years. Amen. 23 years. And guess what? We're getting to start Spanish churches now in the United States. Is that cool or what? And you know what God said? I'm telling you, this is, it, 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 the Holy Spirit just impressed it so much on He said, son, he said, I never wanted you to go to Zimbabwe. I wanted you to be willing to go. You see, we can't come to God in our life expecting him to give us complete fulfillment and joy if we won't give him complete control of our. Are you surrendered today? Preacher, I know I'm saved. I'm born again without a shadow of a doubt, but I'm just not. Well, are you surrendered today? Have you completely sold out and said, God, whatever you want from me, wherever you want from me, however, whoever you want me, you here I am, use me. I'm going to tell you, if you hadn't done that, you're never going to be fulfilled. Yes, you're going to experience a little bit of joy or happiness here and there, but not. So well, I, I'll, I'll have a hobby. I've got hobbies. I've got bass fishing. I like to play golf. I like to coon hunt. One night, I'd want to kiss my dog right on the mouth. The other, I want to kill him. Fish in the bass tournament, win the first two, just all excited. Yeah! In the last one, I was ready to quit. I ain't fishing no more. That's what life will do to you. The devil offered, oh yeah, if you just had this right here. And God is saying, that's not the answer. It starts with, number one, it starts with, Salvation. Number two, it starts with complete. Surrender. Say it with me now. Complete. Say it with me. Complete. complete surrender. Number three, it requires seeking him. And, and two things, write these two things down and we'll pray. I didn't give you slots for these, so just put them wherever you want to put them. If you want true fulfillment and joy and happiness, I'm not talking about the circumstances provide because circumstances can change. In other words, your dog can do good one night and do lousy the next. If you're waiting on circumstances to give you joy, you're going to be a roller coaster your whole life. How many of y'all in here? How many of y'all in here? Everything's gone perfectly every time, every situation in your life. Anybody? Nobody. See? We have good days and... Some days were, some days were, but you know what? God's offering fulfillment across the board. 
You mean to tell me I can be happy when everything's not going right? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Paul said, whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. In other words, I've learned to have joy, joy, whether I'm on a, 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 a mountaintop preaching to hundreds of people who are getting saved or being beat and put in a prison for doing right. That's what I'm talking about. What do I need to seek? What do I need to seek? Two things, write these two things down. First of all, you need to seek his purpose. His purpose. You can use the word will if you want to. Seek his will for your life. If God wants you to be a, if God wants you to be a doctor and you're a plumber, you're going to be miserable. If you're a painter and God wants you to be a preacher, you're going to be miserable. You see, God calls everybody. Some people think that God just calls preachers or missionaries. That's not true. God calls doctors and lawyers and painters and, and mechanics. And God has a calling for your life and a gifting for your life, a purpose and a will for your life. And if you're not in that will, you're not going to find true, complete joy, fulfillment and satisfaction. Find out what he wants. So how do you do that? Submit. Watch how this works. Watch how this works. Remember the verse I quoted a while ago? I beseech you, therefore. Beseech means to beg. Paul said, I beg you. I beg you. He's talking to brethren. He's talking to saved people. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living. That means to completely submit to whatever he wants. God doesn't want you to die for him. He wants you to live for him. He wants you to die to your desires and wants and live to his. Right? And then he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect what? You know what that means? That means you will not know God's perfect will for your life till you completely surrender. But you know what we want to do? You know what we want to do? Everybody in here. I'm included. Okay, God, if you'll tell me what you want me to do, I'll determine whether I'm going to surrender. That's not how it works. Nope. Nope. It don't work that way. You have to say, God, I'm in. Any of y'all still use checks? Thank you. I love you. All you plastic people. I can't stand that stuff. I want some cash or check, baby. <laughs> Do you know what it means? Do you know what this means? It means you sign the bottom. You sign the bottom. You endorse it. That means you authorize whatever's fixing to be written. And you slide it across the desk to Jesus. That's what it means. That means, Lord, I'm in for whatever you write. Whatever you want for my life, I'm in. And you know what I learned? You know what I learned? God, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. When I first, when I first was led to do what he wanted me to do, I was scared to death. I said, there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can stand in front of people and preach the gospel. I'm scared to death. I'm scared of people. They make me nervous. I'm not even sure I like them. But you know what? Today, I cannot imagine me doing anything else 
but what I'm doing today. Brother John, do you, do you know what the only regret I have? The only regret. Listen, Fairview, listen real good when I say this. Listen real good when I say this. The only regret that I have with my surrender completely sold out to the will of God in my life was I didn't do it sooner. And I, I lived for years in a miserable state, still serving God, still preaching, still doing everything, but not having complete peace because I wasn't completely what? Surrendered. Seek, seek, seek. Say that with me. Seek, seek. ask him, ask him, God, what do you want for my life? Seek his purpose, seek his will. Then secondly, write this down and we'll pray. After you seek his purpose for your life, seek his presence in your life. Seek his presence in your life. Write that down and look at me because I know y'all going to start folding up papers and stuff. (laughs) Write this down, write this down. I didn't, I didn't put it there. Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. Write that somewhere on your paper. You can look it up later. Here's what it says. Thou wilt show me the path of life. Very, very pertinent. We're all on a path of. Come on, everybody. Say it. We're all on a path of. Now watch this. In thy presence is fullness of. Of joy at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, everybody, look at me. You got to get this. When I said this earlier, some of y'all went, hmm, hmm. That's because you're negative. You're a pessimist. I said this earlier, and some of y'all just. How in the world could somebody have a grass roof? and dirt floors and be happier than the man sitting in silk sheets and in a mansion. I'll tell you how. Because the presence of God has filled that grass hut. And in that mansion, it is as empty and hollow as can be. I've preached in services with thousands of people. And I've preached in services with just a handful. And I'm telling you, God makes up the difference. I've been in church services where it was sweet, but I've been driving my truck down the road, going to a meeting and listen to a song come on the radio and the presence of God just filled my truck up. And I just got tears dripping down my face and have joy that I can't even explain. The Bible calls it joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You happy with your life? You totally, completely fulfilled. You, you, You totally satisfied. Then don't even worry about what I had to say today. But I have a good idea. That's not the case. Joy comes at the hand of God. Preacher, I want that. You've got to be saved. You've got to be fully surrendered. And you've got to make an effort. Say that with me. Everybody say it. To seek God's will for your life. 
and his presence in it. And all God's people say it.